Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in, Patrick Anderson. How are you this morning? Not too bad. Yeah, I I think that's accurate for me as well. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting, uh, interesting times right now, but yeah, it's not you know not too bad on my end, I guess. Yeah, like terrible times for you know society yep. and our country at large, obviously. But um, trying my best yeah. to navigate it, and um, yeah, it feels weird to be like. Oh, doing great. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I guess in the context, I could be doing worse, is how I'd. 100, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we'll talk more about Black Lives Matter when we get into a couple of these projects we're talking about today. But I did want to mm-hmm. say that, you know, you and I have commented on the Black Lives Matter movement on our personal social media profiles. Um, I would just like to say as a podcast that we, we support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. And those who know and, us know where we stand on that. Yeah, anyway, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and, you know, just to add on to that, if, you, if, if you're listening and you like the podcast and you um, want to show support as well, just, like, make sure you send donations and mm-hmm. look up, like, activism that you can do in your community and there's all sorts of stuff that you can do to show support so yeah absolutely that's pretty, that, that's all i've got though <laughs> yeah no well well put um a, a couple of the records we talk about today will uh, directly address some of these issues and concerns going on right now so we'll get a little deeper at that time i'm sure um yeah today though we are we are talking about um a few albums like, and I say this every podcast at this point, but I am super excited to talk about these four records that we chose to discuss today. Um, mm-hmm. Just a, a wide mix of, you know, popularity, genre, um, appeal. I, I mean, we're talking about Lady Gaga, Run the Jewels, Carly Rae Jepsen, and the Freddie Gibbs Alchemist collab. Um, I mean, just. A lot of different styles there. A lot of different styles. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm sure not a lot of people will be a fan of all four, but I'm sure you'll be a fan mm-hmm. of at least one of these. Um, but let's uh, let's get yeah. into it. Uh, which one did you want to start with? So let's start doing this um, in alphabetical order by artist. Okay. So, but artist like first name. Okay. We, oh well, god what is this okay <laughs> i'll just i'll just say which ones we do so that we don't you know <laughs> so i don't have to guess so uh, <laughs> all right so we're gonna start with then with uh carly ray that sounds good okay i was like uh <laughs> i was trying to do the math over here um yeah well because if you did like buy artists it's like okay do we do the like the sorting that like iTunes does where you do last name or yes. <laughs> like how does the alchemist fit into that? <laughs> right. I, I, that's a, a valid point. I, I'm not even sure, but, uh, but yeah, here we are. Uh, Carly Ray Jepsen dedicated side B. Um, Carly Ray Jepsen is fascinating to me. Uh, you know, she's a, a Canadian pop singer songwriter. If you're unaware, um, 
Call Me Maybe was a mega hit in 2012. Uh, like mm. right when we got into college, it was inescapable. It was people got annoyed. Um, mm-hmm. For the record, I think that's a pretty good song, but it did get played a lot. Um, mm. In an alternate universe, she likely would have been defined solely by that song and been labeled like a one-hit wonder. Um, but instead, though that is still her biggest hit, she has maintained a pretty quality career uh, since her breakout hit. Um, I've enjoyed much of her work in recent years, uh, especially Emotion and Emotion Side B. Uh, Dedicated Side B is her latest, what we're talking about today. Um, currently has a 79 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, what did you think? Um, first of all, I really like the, um, the idea and the, uh, like the consistency of doing this, um, one album and then a side B one album and then a side B. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a cool idea and it, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, having like a sister albums like that is, is a really cool idea. Um, so that being said, I, I like that and I really like seeing how, just how talented Carly Rae Jepsen is, um, like how, how much she really can offer into the pop world. Cause she definitely does have like a distinct sound and, um, a very charismatic presence. Uh, that being said though, this album has some pretty good moments on it, um, and some memorable songs but it's a little overdone for the most part for me, I think. And um, it's a little overly commercial and it gets kind of old kind of fast. That's like just my general overview. No, I I actually, um, I wanted to point out or I guess touch on your point about her side B process. Um, because, you know, obviously you look at something titled Dedicated Side B and you instinctively think, oh, here we go, a bunch of B-sides. Um, right. But, you know, this whole B-side project only works if the standard is up to the quality of its predecessor. Um, emotion Side B is like 95% as good as Emotion. Um, and I think dedicated side B is actually better than the first dedicated. Um, yeah. So I, I admire her consistency. Um, to me, I think I like this record more than you do. Um, but I agree that there are some, you know, points where it's either overdone or too much. Um, I guess to, to be more specific, um, the record starts out super strong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The record closes super strong, in my opinion. The middle is suspect. Um, I think once you get to This Is What They Say and the stretch through Fake Mona Lisa, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a solid like four or five song stretch where I'm kind of out of it. I'm not really captivated the way I was earlier in the record or even after that point. Um, okay, yeah. I actually really like This Is What They Say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing is for me, like, yeah, that stretch from, like, Heartbeats of Big Mona Lisa to 
Yeah, that that's kind of like it's a little samey and it's a little bit like um, I kind of get I, I, I kind of get everything I need out of a couple of tracks before that were done better. Um, yeah, it, there are some really memorable moments on here, like um, "Comeback." I love. I think that's yes. such a cool song. I like how like subdued it is, and I like um, Carly Rae's delivery, and it's a really catchy chorus. It's very simple. Um, the beginning part is honestly pretty great, and I love love uh, the "Felt This Way, Stay Away." Mm. Yes. combo yes or they're both they're both kind of uh kind of sister tracks and they have like a, a theme of that like that part yeah. that like just that uh is reflected in both of them love that idea i think she captured it really well so there's some really cool ideas on here um but i think it's just i don't i just don't think it carries through on much of the project because a lot of it is pretty forgettable i think Mm. um and i think that that's just i think that has partially to do with like the production and like just the overly bubblegummy production that's everywhere on this um but i think that it's also to do with the subject matter on the on this is pretty much i mean so it differs here and there Right. But it's pretty much the same kind of this like crush, uh, you know, talking about love, talking about crushes, talking about like that kind of stuff, very like poppy material, but it doesn't really defer away from that very often. And it, that starts to get a little bit like, all right, like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I want to get a little bit more, um, like if, if we're going to stick with that, theme i want a little bit more meat to it you know what i mean we kind of stay at this very surface level um like you know just staying up here on the clouds talking about it and uh, that, that might just be a personal preference i think that she does a pretty good job of execution in that kind of like rom-com feel mm-hmm. um but i think that it's ultimately leads to a lot of forgettable moments and that's what i don't care for yeah i think that's i think that's valid um much of the lyricism like you said isn't necessarily about being in love or being out of love but in that middle section where you are falling in love or you're attracted to someone but you're not sure if it's love yet Uh, it's just that little tweener stage of a relationship and right right yeah and that's that theme has been consistent throughout her entire discography let alone this particular project um I'm glad you pointed this out. This is, at times, very bubblegummy, very saccharine. Um, I happen to be a total sucker uh, for that style of pop music. Um, I mean, just... The thing I like about this record, Carly Rae Jepsen just comes off as so likable. um, Uh Like, super, like, wholesome as well. I don't know. It's just... Her personality is just so infectious to me. Um, her brightness, it's kind of contagious, I suppose. Uh, I mean, so something like the intro, this love isn't crazy, which is like super, like, I think if most artists did this song, I likely wouldn't care for it all that much, but I love it. Um, it's just such a fun, catchy, like 
opener that makes me smile and um that i get that feeling quite a bit throughout the record um i will say though the it's not bubblegum super over the top the entire way and i think the felt this way stay away dichotomy is a perfect example of that um that combo of tracks kind of demonstrates her ability to not only nail this over the top pop style but also do a very good job of some of the more subdued type of tracks on here you pointed out comeback i love that song as well um yeah and i i guess i didn't really care for heartbeat but felt this way was another sort of low mm-hmm. you know kind of a chill moment that i quite enjoyed um so yeah i mean there's i there's nothing particularly inventive or innovative at all um this is <laughs> In large part, another pop record with a lot of Jack Antonoff hands, you know, in the mix. Right. Um, but it, it it's one of the better albums in this style I've heard in a while. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I agree with you um, completely with the point that really, if any other artist tried to pull this off, they I don't know if they'd be able to. Like, because uh, she has such a charismatic delivery, mm-hmm. um, and her voice is so uh, it's so just immediately likable too. Uh, I like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you feel you feel it's very inviting and it's very accessible. Um, so I I like that aspect of it, and I, and I think that the beginning track is a great. Um, yeah, the well, the whole first half of the album honestly is a great mm-hmm. in, intro into it. But um, yeah, yeah, it, she's great. I think that her as a pop performer is great. I just think that the for the most part, it, there's a lot of forgettable moments on the album. So, um, but I, I'm I'm glad I listened to this too because I haven't even listened to dedicated actually. Mm. Um, so I, at first I was like, oh, do I need to listen to Dedicated to listen to this? And then I realized it's a completely different album. So I was like, okay, but this makes me want to go back and listen a little more seriously to Carly Rae Jepsen because I found myself liking it more than I thought I would, Good. even though I'm not like crazy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that though. Um, yeah, yeah. Dedicated. I gave it a listener to last year and it was fine. Um, and I, I enjoy this record as well, don't get me wrong, but Emotion and Emotion Side B, I think, are very legitimately mm-hmm. great pop records. Um, so, yeah, I would highly recommend those if you haven't checked out them in their entirety, I suppose. Um, y- yeah, I, I don't have a ton to say other than... I think a big part about and maybe this is just classic, like, how consumers are often meant to digest pop music but i could often tell if i was going to like a song on this record after like the first 10 seconds um yeah yeah like let's sort the whole thing out for example i was in instantly i I loved it right off the bat um but there were a couple of songs on here that you know i i just felt and i think part of that is these songs don't have a ton of progression to them right like you kind of you hear what the song is going to sound like, and then it's essentially that. 
for the remainder of the song. Um, which is why I enjoy a song like Comeback where the third verse and outro, it's the, it, it's a different feeling than I got in this like first half of the song. Um, a, ge a genuine change of pace within a track was much appreciated on an album that it's kind of, it says what it needs to say in the first 30 seconds and then it just keeps going for the length of a typical pop song. Um, mm -hmm. so while it's enjoyable, there is a limit of enjoyment to that. Um, I'll just go ahead. I don't, if you want to touch on more opinions, that's, we have time, uh, but I don't have much more to say. So the 79 out of a hundred Metacritic score is right mm -hmm. around where I feel. Uh, so I'm giving it a seven, a pretty strong seven, but a, still a seven nonetheless. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I, um. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just talk about my thoughts here. I liked... It's hard to say I liked it more than I thought I would. I think I did. I was expecting I was expecting a very saccharine pop album. Mm. What I didn't expect is tracks like Come Back, tracks like Felt This Way and Stay Away, and the intro track. Um, and this is what they say. Like, There's some really excellent pop tracks on here. Mm-hmm that I like quite a bit. Um, I think that those tracks are definitely replayable. Um, they're not like incredible, but they're, they're very replayable, um, hits. And then they're done really well. And she's got such a charismatic attitude. Um, so it's really, it, that, that's, that's pretty much the positive aspects of this. Um, everything else is just, a little overdone like aesthetically and content or uh, uh, subject matter wise so it just gets a little exhausting i think by the end um i'm just kind of like i think by the time we get to now i don't hate california after all i'm like all right like mm -hmm. let's let's get back to the to the intro track because i actually enjoyed that <laughs> so um but I don't find any track on here to be, like, bad. It's just kind of, like, it, it just gets kind of lost in the mix and feels like uh, a, a kind of a dime a dozen pop song at some points. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm fairly impressed hmm. with, uh, with this album. It's, uh, I've, I've, I've been kind of going back and forth on this. So, but the the amount that I bob my head on this album <laughs> yes. shows that I do, I do like it to a certain extent, even if that extent is not nearly as, uh, as positive as I might want it to be. There is something, some intangible quality to it that keeps me bobbing my head pretty much all the way throughout, <laughs> even in the tracks that I can't remember. Um, so, in that light, she gets a, a 6 out of 10 for me. Okay, okay. And yeah. what normally would be a 5 out of 10 record for the forgettable, the for, uh, the amount of forgettable tracks on here, to me, it manages to be a 6 because, like I said, it's just so much fun mm -hmm. um, all the way through. So, this is one of my more, like, recommended sixes, I guess, I would say. Yeah, I mean, there's something to the idea that I end up singing a lot of these hooks to myself 
you know, just in my daily life, you know, that there is something very earwormy about this record. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we move on, I'll take a quick jab. I love the closer. Uh, I love that song. I know it's mm-hmm. kind of polarizing, but I just, for whatever reason, I love the vibe of it. And, and I don't want to go too much further than that because vibe is such a weird thing to, you know, <laughs> it's a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can't really say yeah. much more than that, but it works for me. Um, well, that's a perfect word for a Carly Rae Jepsen record too, because it's it's very much about vibe at certain points. Right, it, it is it is quite surface level, but enjoyable nonetheless. Um, all right, so that's a six and a half out of ten uh, from us collectively. Uh, by your alphabetical ordering here, are we going Let's see to? If you got it. Are we going to Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist next? Yes, let's do it. Perfect. All right, so. Let me do a timestamp here. All right, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist with Alfredo. Um, Freddie Gibbs is a rapper from Gary, Indiana. Uh, the Alchemist is a veteran hip-hop producer and DJ. Both artists are, to me, they're on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Gibbs is coming off of last year's Bandana, a collaborative album with my guy, our guy, Mad Lib, mm-hmm. that ranked number two on my year-end list last year. Um, the Alchemist has been putting in a ton of work lately, um, all pretty underground, but those who know, know. Um, this is the third project this year alone produced entirely by him, and I really enjoyed the first two that I've heard, uh, those being The Price of Tea in China with Boldy James and uh, Lulu with Conway the Machine. Um, Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist, uh, you know, once again, another collaborative record for both of these artists, um, Alfredo currently has a Metacritic of 91 out of 100, though it's worth noting that I think there's only five reviews so far. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, what did, what did you think about this one? I mean, it's pretty much exactly what I expected and mm-hmm. in a positive way. It's just, like, super solid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, no filler, really. Um production is fantastic freddie gibbs is tight and heady and uh just like on it pretty much all the way through and the features are great um so yeah it's like i'm i'm exactly where i wanted to be when i when i heard that this project was dropping yeah i i mean super consistent like you pointed out, yeah. I mean, just it doesn't really falter. I mean, there's a, a couple of tracks that I'm like, mm, not as good as the others, but I mean, right. no straight up filler. And as far as expectation, I got exactly what I expected out of Freddie Gibbs, which is this like mm-hmm. always impressive flow from him. Um, demonstrated a lot of versatility in his flows on this project which i appreciated not only from song to song but often within a same like within the same song um like god is perfect he switches up his flow so much on that song um the one thing that i was maybe a little unexpected was uh the alchemist variety on here um Mm, as much as I, i loved um his Yacht Rock EP last year. I mean, I loved that, and I still love it. Um, and I loved, uh, you know, or I, I rather, I really enjoyed some of his more recent collaborations that are more cold and icy and dark. Um, I didn't think he would kind of 
dance between those two styles on this record. Um, like Babies and Fools is pure yacht mm. rock instrumental, which I love. Uh, Frank Lucas has this just sinister banger instrumental. Yeah. And Scotty Beam is neither of those, but it has this smoothness and soul in its own right. Um, I think there's a lot more productional variety that I think it's getting credit for, and I really appreciate it for that. Yeah, no, that that is a great point and something that I noticed too, that there is just like, um, aesthetically, it just changes up so much um, all, all the way throughout. And <clears throat> that's, a, that's a really cool thing because this album's not that, long i mean it's like 30 what like 35 minutes or something that sounds right yeah only 10 tracks too um right so it's pretty it's pretty great having that much depth in production across a fairly short record and freddie gibbs just manages to like be excellent across the board um on all of on on all the all the different switch ups and style um one thing that did kind of annoy me throughout the project, and I mean, this is something I think this is just kind of a quirk that Freddie Gibbs has, and I'm just noticing it more as I listen to him more, is that he's he takes like so much time sometimes, like kind of like warming himself up or like hyping himself up before he starts a verse. Yeah. It, he'll just say like nothing, you know, just kind of like, no, 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 no. Just doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it like almost like for like sometimes like 20 seconds. I'm like, dude, just start. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, it's like a small thing, but it just got to the point where it's like, I was just noticing it and it was getting a little tedious or I was like, well, just don't record that part and like go in before you do that. <laughs> that is, that is pretty funny. I guess I hadn't really noticed it, but now that you pointed out, yeah, there's, there's quite a, quite a bit of that. <laughs> he's just hyping himself up or he's like about ready to let you know what lines he's about to lay down or something like that. Or I'm just like, okay, we get it. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, we talked about Freddie Gibbs, uh, who I wasn't really a fan of until he started collaborating with Mad Lib. And even then, like I listened to P Pinata, or at least at the time, more so for Mad Lib than for Freddie Gibbs. Um, but mm -hmm. but over time, I've actually become quite a decent fan of Freddie Gibbs. I actually look forward to pretty much anything he puts out now. Um, mm -hmm. That said, I think it's a little, you know, his flows and his content on this record are almost a little too expected at this point. I don't think he, mm -hmm. he I don't think he deviates enough from the Freddie Gibbs formula on, on this on this album, um, which did kind of hold back my enjoyment. But um, that isn't to say that certain lyrical moments and flows don't stand out as like particularly great. Uh, I love Skinny Shug lyrically. Um, this is a super introspective song, um, I guess, in comparison to the rest of the record, certainly, where he's talking about, you know, just how difficult his environment is. Um, I guess a, a standout moment in the verse, he talks about, you know, he says his uncle died from an overdose, but that the messed up part of it was that he supplied the person who sold the drugs to his uncle, which I thought was just 
super vivid um, and impactful. Yeah. He, he talks about you know putting a pistol to his head and using drugs to cope with this situation later in the verse. I mean, there's some really powerful lyrics on here um, at times. Yeah. But sometimes it just kind of goes into, you know, Freddie Gibbs rapping about the same stuff he always raps about, right? Like women and cars and stuff like that. It, some of the stuff I don't yeah. care as much about. Um, I love the introspective side of Freddie Gibbs, but I think we get a little too much of the more superficial lyricism, I suppose. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I could understand that. And that was a good point with the... Um, uh, the flow that he bring, that he brings on here, I was noticing that too. Where it's, it, he does the da na 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 na, like mm-hmm. he has that that Freddie Gibbs. I mean, he's really excellent at that, and it sounds great. Um, yeah, I think that that honestly for me it wasn't too bad. I was honestly a little more impressed because I was like I was like that's pretty cool that he can transition this style. Um, so well from like a Mad Lib style beat. Yeah. Cause we heard this style definitely on bandana. Um, like from a Mad Lib style beat into like all this weird stuff that Alchemist is doing. So I was, uh, I liked it. I will agree though, that the subject matter does get a little old at certain points, except for like tracks, like, um, like Scotty beam or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like, um, I, I think that, I think that, Freddie Gibbs is very talented overall, and I think that he would benefit from a little bit more of these introspective and insightful verses. Yeah, um, because he's great at it too, and he's got a lot to talk about. You know, obviously. Um, so, and he's got a great insight onto social matters and things like that too. I'd like to just hear more of that. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, he just he's just really he's just like a he's a pro at like yep. delivering um, at delivering raps, how you want them to sound, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, you're right. His aesthetics are nailed. He is a pro and I'm pro Freddie Gibbs rapping. Absolutely. <laughs> he has a ton. He has a ton of talent. Um but yeah, you mentioned Scotty Beam, and that was the other example I wanted to point out of like mm-hmm. Freddie Gibbs lyricism that particularly stood out in a great way to me. Uh, not only with the the Gil Scott Heron outro from the previous song leading mm-hmm. into Scotty Beam, but starting it with "Yeah, the revolution is the genocide. Your execution will be televised," and then going into this racial profiling that he experienced mm-hmm. from the police. Um, I mean, obviously, super relevant right now, but also always super relevant just because these topics are evergreen in our society as of this point right um so i'm definitely pro freddie gibbs rapping and he's a great rapper there's just some limitations that i think hold him back from like s tier rapping um you mentioned the features early on and i wanted to touch on those uh because one they're all great in my opinion Mm -hmm. even rick ross who i'm normally not huge on right um, yeah. <laughs> I think part of this is, again, the Alchemist, uh, he caters to the features well. Uh, he provides like a v- super classy beat that sounds natural for Rick Ross. He provides this like hard-hitting, aggressive, dark instrumental for Benny the Butcher. Um, mm-hmm. We already know from the Yacht Rock EP that Conway can sound great over that production. The one feature that i haven't mentioned yet 
that I was curious about was the title of the creator feature on something to rap about. I saw that in the track list and I thought, how is this going to work? I, yeah. I think it works super well. And this is one of my favorite songs on the entire project. I love how it, Tyler's verse is thematically different from Freddie Gibbs's verse. And I think to kind of transition from Freddie Gibbs's verse to Tyler's verse, the alchemist pitch shifts the sample higher and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's to help with the transition, but it works out super well. I love that. Um, so I don't know. That was just a nice little production quirk that I loved from the Alchemist. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you noticed that too because it and, it and it works out because it kind of breaks up the track um, a little bit too. Kind of gives you a little bit a little bit of a of, of a breather. You know what I mean? In between versus exactly because like freddie gibbs is rapping about okay so the song is called something to rap about and freddie gibbs is like god made me sell crack so i'd have something to rap about and he's going into like right freddie gibbs's you know story and his background tyler's verse has it's like it's a bit abstract and it talks about his career and his success but there's a lot of water imagery as well to kind of I don't yeah. know, to, to metaphorize it a little bit. And so it, it would be super jarring to just jump from that Gibbs verse to that Tyler verse without some sort of sonic uh, shift as well, in, yeah. in my view. And I think it works out perfectly. Yeah, he, he nailed that. I, I, think you're, I think you're right. And I think much of... I think The Alchemist plays a massive hand in mm. the quality of this album just overall because mm-hmm. he just makes freddie gibbs can sound good rapping over nothing i'm not saying right that his his voice alone is so like engaging um but his flow his like he's he's awesome but the alchemist just puts him up on that that next level and like really makes his flows a little bit more interesting um, and and um, these subtle changes here really make him kind of the MVP of the project. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, um, I'm glad this is a Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist project. Um, so that way yeah. the Alchemist is getting, I think, his fair due here um, as far as mm-hmm. credit, I guess. Um, I, I will say, like, uh, the something to rap about, I, I do like it. Mm, um okay. it's definitely one of the more like loose tracks on here yes um and that's something that i kind of i i, I like a lot um yeah i i don't know i i'm trying to i feel like there's a negative there it's not the most refined track but it is a lot of like there's a lot of interesting subject matter being talked about on here it feels a lot like a freestyle at points. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's like something. And with Tyler being on it, it fits, but it doesn't fit. If that makes sense, because totally on the other, on the other hand, we have Conway and Benny, the butcher and Rick Ross. Like we got (laughs) like these hard dudes uh, from, you know, just talking about a lot of like co-crap subject matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I love Tyler, and I think he does a great job on this. Um, I just think that, like, aesthetically, 
it it stands out a lot from the from the pack mm-hmm. but really ultimately that's not a negative thing it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb it stands out in a positive way i just think that it it i, I don't know it's mm-hmm. kind of the odd child track of the of the mix totally and yeah igor was your album of the year so you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not dissing tyler no. for sure but i was yeah that, that this was definitely the feature i was looking most forward to yeah and, and the feature that ended up standing out the most to me um i thought conway's verse was real as fuck i mean mm-hmm. the, the i loved his verse about obviously he talks about taking the shot to the head um that you know obviously like gave him some sort of palsy i forget the type of term um but he already right. talks about just like not being a good enough dad in his life and i was like damn that's actually really introspective i I guess i wasn't expecting it um but that ends up being one of my favorite tracks maybe my favorite track in its entirety because that's also the most yacht rock instrumental and i love this rap over yacht rock trend i love it (laughs) i love it it's so good yeah Um. (laughs) well and i like the juxtaposition especially with conway yeah like doing these yacht rock beats but then having conway like do his thing over it because he you know right he's had such a such a crazy life and he talks about it and it's just like and and then you have this like super sunny carefree instrumentation to like go over it and you're like what the hell is going on oh it's so good but it's such an interesting um it's such an interesting choice because uh, it, I, yeah, it. I, I don't think it would work really with how with with any other producer other than the Alchemist. But right. he manages to figure out like the right contrasts with the artist that he wants to uh, use to put on on it. And yeah, no, I agree. It, it works out really well. Yeah, he's worked with so many artists over the course of his career that I think he has just such a great ear for who sounds good over what at this point. Um, Sign of a great producer, so. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'll just go ahead and uh, this album is super, super solid, super consistent. Um, A couple of tracks like Baby Shit, it's fine, it's good, but it's not like amazing or anything. Yeah. a couple of other tracks like that as well, but overall, I love this thing. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's just very solid. I expected it to be very solid, um, and the and the they they brought something that again matches up with that, but it's also a little different than I expected too, with all the aesthetic changes and the different types of features on here. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, yeah, I think it's just an excellent project. I recommend it to anybody. A lot of great subject matter on here. A lot of awesome beats. Um, eight out of 10 for me. Hell yeah. All right. That's an eight out of 10, uh, combined as well. Um, Mm -hmm. sorry, I had to, had to double check there. Eight out of 10, eight out of 10. (laughs) Yes. Eight out of 10. Um, I'm pretty familiar with the alphabet by this point point in the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> are we going to uh, Lady Gaga next? Good good job. All right. <laughs> Woo. All right. Uh, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mess up the last one, I hope. Um, Lady <laughs> that Gaga. Would be, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Chromatica is the uh, latest record here uh, from Lady Gaga. Um, who's Lady Gaga? She's an icon. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chromatica is her sixth studio album. It currently also, like the Carly Rae album, has a Metacritic of 79 out of 100. Uh, what did you think? We've never talked about Lady Gaga on this podcast somehow. Um, yeah. So what did, what do you think about Lady Gaga and what did you yeah. think about this record? Yeah. Um, I, I, I like Lady Gaga, honestly, for the most mm-hmm. part. I, I think that like when she got really big in our early days of high school with like, you know, with, the fame monster. monster. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't quite get it at that point. Um, but I was also a dumb teenager. (laughs) The, like the longevity that she's had and the, the, like, um, the lasting impact of her hits, especially in, um, in the early part of her career is looking back, like, really really impressive Mm -hmm. and she's had a a lot of influence honestly on the industry over the past few years um so i'm pretty impressed by lady gaga i think that like album to album i mean i've only really listened to like i think i've really only listened to the fame monster in its entirety and uh and like i think that it's kind of a thing where like her hits are pretty amazing and then other than that there's a lot of kind of like filler here and there mm-hmm. but as an artist i'm just like overall very impressed with her and i and i'm in i'm fascinated by lady gaga because she seems like an artist that like i really shouldn't care for all that much but she commits so heavily to her craft and kind of ignores you know any of the detractions that people say about her like i i think that she's an inspiring figure in the pop world i you took my perspective right out of my mouth i think that (laughs) i was never like a particularly huge fan of lady gaga but i always kind of liked you know her music back in the day um Mm -hmm. now i think i enjoy songs like poker face and bad romance i i enjoy those songs i think more now than i did at the time I, i think i have this greater appreciation for her work um, and by the way, she doesn't need the silly voice, by the way. If you listen to A Star is Born, did you know she can actually oh, yeah. sing? So, right, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> isn't that pretty wild? Um, but yeah, no, Lady Gaga, I think, is uh, she's a great artist. I've never been like super personally, like s- subjectively attached to Lady Gaga's music, but mm-hmm. uh, like pop music is better with Lady Gaga in it. Um this yeah. record, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, frankly. Um, it's yeah. it's a fun record. It's a catchy record. Um, I will say this. Okay, so we're coming off of A Star is Born, right? And so it's like, okay, what's Lady Gaga doing next? Mm-hmm. We're going back to like her dance pop sound, though it's not the same kind of dance pop sound that we got back in like 2009, uh, from her, but this is more like a '90s throwback style of dance pop. Uh, Genius used the term yeah. uh, house pop, so I might refer it to as that. It's an enjoyable sound. 
but my ultimate gripe with that is that I think it kind of loses its luster throughout the record. Um, it doesn't, there isn't a ton of diversity sonically on this record. And when there is diversity, those become like some of my favorite tracks on the entire thing because it's kind of more memorable, I suppose. Um, but what did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I agree with you for the most part there. This is a 16 track album. Mm -hmm. So I was already kind of like nervous about that going in. <laughs> um, and it kind of plays out how I expected in that way, where there's quite a few tracks that I think are excellent, but the tracks that I think are excellent are, are surprisingly like they're better in a different way than what I expected them to be before mm. I heard it, which is a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tracks on here, so there's bound to be, you know, a couple of duds here and there, and there's just like some moments that are a little unnecessary, and honestly, a couple of tracks that I think are completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the commitment to the style and um, how it, it, I, I think that the commitment to the style is impressive and it's executed really well overall. And I think that it's so impressive seeing Lady Gaga just jump back into this world after a long hiatus from the like dance pop world because the mm -hmm. album she put out before she did Stars, uh, A Star Is Born was Joanne, Joanne. which was like. Yeah. A pretty much a completely singer-songwriter record. Mm -hmm. So she hasn't lost her step at all, though, which is really impressive. She just kind of went right back into it, and and she's putting out some of the best dance tracks that I've heard all year, mm -hmm. um, which is really impressive. I, I, you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think you pointed out something, which is that the songs I love on this record, I they were unexpected to me and, and there was like a huge charm to like i'll just mm -hmm. point out um one of my favorites is uh 911 is one of my favorite songs on this entire record um, oh interesting oh yeah okay i i'm i'm gonna I'm be not interested a, i'm in... not a huge 911 fan okay okay um <laughs> so here we go we're gonna we're gonna have our lady gaga bout this is this yes. is what separates the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, so this is a song about like her experiences taking an antipsychotic drug, um, and I think because of that, the sound of the record or the of the song is intentionally strange. I guess by this album standards, right? This isn't like the most experimental thing ever, but um, I love the robotic vocals. I love this like pulsating instrumental. Um, it's just it sounds super cool to me. Like, and I know this is such an obvious comparison anytime there's a robotic voice but uh, like there's elements of early daft punk in this song to me mm -hmm. um i think i've ultimately figured out that i love lady gaga the most when she's being like super weird and unconventional by pop music's standards um and that's one example of that but uh what did you what did you think about 911 yeah uh, I'll, I'll use that as a and as an example i I like the um, I like the subject matter of the song. First of all, I think mm -hmm. that, that that it and I thought it was pretty creative too. Like Papa Nine One One, like that's a cool way to say, like you know, to to kind of characterize like the 
freakouts and you know using this as just a coping mechanism for emergencies and things like that mm-hmm. um and, and it kind of it kind of like plays out as a cautionary tale too i i like that i think i just like so i don't like honestly i don't completely dislike the track i just think that the aesthetics of the track i don't care for and honestly the robotic voice to me sounds a little like ham-fisted and a little oh. like it feels yeah. like it's it's kind of being a parody of itself in a way. There's like, a lot of schmaltz on this record and and with her yeah. in general. Um, I I agree with that. Yeah. It just happens to work for me. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really what it. Feel. I think that it feels a little bit too much like watching you know white people at a wedding do the robot. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> well, now I hate like, the song. Now I can't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Now you're just gonna have that image in your head every time you hear it. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's how I win. I just ruin it by, <laughs> by putting the image of white people doing the robot at a wedding. That's <laughs> totally fair. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll go to. Anyway. Oh yeah, uh, I'll go to my other favorite song on here, and and I like it for different reasons than I like nine one one, but ultimately because it's it stands out from the rest of the track list here, right? Um, I really like the song Sour Candy with Blackpink. Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this song is so fun. Oh, that's hilarious. Now, I will say, the the lyrics, I'm, I, I and I think you might be going down that road, uh, partially at least, but I'm out on that as well, but, um, I think there's a lot of structural shift to this song sonically that I enjoy. Um, I love the way Lady Gaga vocally delivers the chorus, which is a weird way to phrase how she sings, but it's, <laughs> she's mm. kind of like contorting <laughs> her voice a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's another song that's, uh, it, it stands out from songs like Replay or uh, Stupid Love, which are fine, but they're just kind of like nondescript for me. Man, yeah, we have very different takes. On this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How is this album the one that we're like, oh, no, no, I don't think that. <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh. oh, man. Like, we talked about, like, black metal albums on here before and not right. had this much of this. <laughs> yeah, I do not care for Sour Candy. I think that this is one of the tracks I could honestly do away with. Um, I like, I like Blackpink. I think that they bring a really interesting, uh, and I like them being like featured on, cause they've been doing like features across the board in the pop world for a little while now. Right. And they are South Korean, just to point that out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and they bring a really interesting, you know, new sound to a lot of like, uh, traditional pop music out there right now. Um, but I think that, yeah, the lyrics on here are awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it, it, the feature works for the most part, but it's just like, I don't think it's executed like as well as it could be. I think that the, um, I think that it just gets lost in this, like, I think it just gets lost in this this narrative that they wanted to, this dumb narrative that they wanted to uh, paint out, and it just it feels very underutilized, and I'm really disappointed 
um, by the end of it. And it just, mm. it, you know, I will agree with you that it does stand out, but I think that's mostly to do with the fact that Blackpink is so distinct. Right. Um, and I, I, and I, that's why I don't care for it. Cause I think that their feature is completely underused and kind of wasted hmm. on this. So I, I, I wish that they, that, uh, Lady Gaga would have used the, utilized them a little bit better or just, you know, not have them on at all. Cause I was kind of excited for that. Cause you know, I don't know why I just, I, I think that Blackpink is really cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and, and that's, that, yeah. that's totally fair. Um, okay, so then what? what's a song that you particularly liked so I can make you feel better? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, uh, probably the most popular song on okay. here. Fair. And a, and a song that I uh, didn't expect to like, honestly. But I do really like a lot. Is Rain On Me. Fair, yeah. With Ariana okay. Grande. All right, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're not totally like I, th- I think it's out fine. On that tracker. Yeah, I think it's fine. I will say the one thing I really love about this song, and Lady Gaga does this on multiple songs here, and I always love when she does it, um, is sort of this like spoken chorus. Um, yeah, a la Madonna, where she's just like rain yes. on me. I I love anytime she does that. Um, her delivery of lines like that, and her just like. Um, I mean, she's done this in the past, uh, but like, I mean, she's still got it on here, but it's so powerful and it's like that kind of like subliminal messaging almost. I mean, it's not so subliminal, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? It's like, it's like this, uh, narrator voice kind of, it's so powerful and it's, and her delivery is so confident. Exactly. Um, I was going to say that confident. Yeah. Um, but also restrained. Yeah, like confident yeah. but restrained, and I love that. Yeah, she understands the aesthetics that she has to match. So I, uh, I yeah, I love anytime I we're in agreement on that. I love anytime Lady Gaga does some just spoken words. She could do a spoken word album for yeah, know. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I love this track. I think that I you mentioned that you like Lady Gaga um, a lot when she's kind of you know being unconventional like yes. on 911 and kind of doing like these like, very <laughs> weird like things on this album i like lady gaga i think when she's at her most poppy mm, okay um like on this song because this is a very straightforward pop song for the most part um but it has that lady gaga twist to it um and and it's like I think that it's just her delivery and her voice with these like super anthemic large choruses. It fits so well and her voice is so powerful. I think that it's just like, it's really engaging. It's very cathartic. Like that's the kind of stuff that I really like in pop music. Um, And I think that she does it, I think that she does it great. And the Ariana Grande feature on this uh, track is fits surprisingly well. I was kind of nervous that they were going to kind of like, you know, butt heads a little bit because they both have really distinct and very like powerful voices. And that can go one way or another where it's like, it fits really well. And it's like kind of a, you know, a a power coupling of voices 
where it's like they're going at each other and it doesn't work and you know they're trying to one up each other but this I, I think that they mesh excellently yeah i love rain on me as an example that's a that's a great a great point um and now i'm interested because of you know power coupling and uh i'm interested in your thoughts on the uh, elton john feature sign from above yeah um i thought that i thought that it was not bad but i just thought that it was a little like over the top i was gonna say i i'm a big fan of schmaltz you know this um it this was the one time where i was like okay this is a little too campy for me a little too cheesy um i like elton john i i like him on this song as well but ultimately i i I don't know it's a little it's a little forced exactly that's it that's exactly it yeah and I, I mean, Elton John sounds really good on this too. I mean, he's yeah. great, and it's really cool having Lady Gaga and Elton John do a track together. But it's a little much. It's a little like, oh, I gotta, I gotta have a song with. It, it's a little bit like, oh, I have a song with Elton John. How cool is that? Like that kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I think, I think it could have benefited from a little bit more of like um, some sort of, some sort of package narrative to it because it's a little bit too much like they're just kind of like going all over the place yeah doing their you know doing their their, the the theatricals um yeah and i think the content of the song at least what i can make out of it is it doesn't really help with the cheese factor um i think the idea is that like music is their god and so it's like this love letter to music and i sort of which is fine. The sign I, from above. Yeah, S I N E, like a sound yeah. wave. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's just it's a little corny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that was kind of the one time where the schmaltz was like, okay, we only have two more songs left. Um, you know. Yeah. So uh, overall, though, um, just kind of conclude my thoughts. Uh, pretty enjoyable. Um, not super inventive, but that's because this is intended as like a throwback sound. Um, and mm-hmm. it's new enough for Lady Gaga so that it doesn't feel redundant in her discography. Enjoyable sound, not enough diversity in the track list, in my opinion, but when there is diversity, it mostly stands out in a positive way. Um, that isn't to say that I don't enjoy some of the more straightforward tracks. I actually really love the closer, Babylon, I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more of a traditional Lady Gaga song. Um, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, um, but there are enough faults that I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Nice. Um, yeah, so I I enjoyed this album more than I expected to also. One mm-hmm. thing that I, like I said, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's a lot of repetition on this album, but one thing that I do like about it is that it's broken up into kind of like this three-part, narrative and through the chromatica one two and three and those are all these instrumental tracks yes um and i actually like that i think they sound good yeah i think that the it's i mean just these lavish strings and i think that it's um a little obvious uh like Mm -hmm. to use it as as kind of an interlude but it works and it matches up with the kind of the over the top nature of this album anyway. So I think it works really well. And I think that it's a nice palate cleanser, um, for an already very lengthy album. 
Um, there's, like I said, just a few tracks that I could do away with or that are just not executed quite how I would want them to be. But overall, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with this album. Like Alice is awesome. Rain on me. I think is great. Free woman, like Enigma. I, I think that mm. this album has a lot of really good tracks on here, but there's just some, you know, some things that don't work at all. Um, but that being said, this is funny because <laughs> we managed to disagree <laughs> a lot. And land up in the same spot. <laughs> well, we landed in the same spot. I'm at a 7 out of 10 on this, too. That's great. It, only only you and I could like ultimately feel the same way, but feel so differently at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> fascinating. So, yeah, we're at we a... We like it for completely different reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, we're at a 7 out of 10 combined score um somehow but we did it um well done well done um (laughs) all right so i guess that puts us at the final album on our list today uh run the jewels with run the jewels for or rather sorry yeah (laughs) rtj4 don't Um, mess that up yeah and that i docked it several points on that alone um so run the jewels is a hip-hop duo consisting of atlanta-based rapper killer mike uh, and new york-based rapper producer lp Um, rtj4 is as one might expect their fourth studio album Um, they're one of the most celebrated hip-hop acts in recent years Uh, their debut run the jewels has a metacritic score of 86 out of 100 run the jewels 2 has an 89 out of 100. Run the Jewels 3 has an 88 out of 100. And RTJ4 has a Metacritic of 92 out of 100, suggesting that it's their best work yet. Do you agree with that? Um, I could see why people would think that. (laughs) Um, But I think that it really just kind of matches up with, um, with everything else. So I think that it's like, not i think that probably rtj2 is better than this still but yeah it's 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 there this is a really good this is a really good project yeah um alfredo is my favorite record that we're talking about today and uh rtj4 is my least favorite run the jewels record Um, oh okay that said i listened to this record so of course it's it's great. I mean that you knew I was going to love this album. I mean yeah. this is their quality and consistency is nearly unmatched by hip hop groups or duos in history. At this point, if they weren't already, Run the Jewels is one of the greatest hip hop duos of all time. Um as far as sheer yeah. consistency and quality in their output, uh give me Outkast and then maybe run the jewels after that. Um, they are incredible, and they're they switch up their style enough on this record, but it's still run the jewels. You still get their heavy political messaging, their insane bonkers ass production, and you get their just ability to wrap their ass off the entire time. Everything you could love about Run the Jewels and have loved about Run the Jewels in the past, it's all here. 
where I start to, you know, this ends up being my least favorite of a great bunch of records is that um, I don't think this is, I think this is, this is their least consistent record. And I thought that about RTJ3, or Run the Jewels 3, now they've got me doing it. Um, right. I think right. the first half of this record is pretty much, like, up until just, I guess. So the first seven tracks, pretty much flawless, in my view. Um, yeah. Then we get a stretch of three songs that, like, I honestly could kind of do without. Um Never look back, the ground below, and pulling the pen. They're all fine and good, or they're not bad. But it really is just kind of like a a, a drop in momentum at that point. Um, so that's kind of what... I leave the album with like a slight sour taste in my mouth. Um, so yeah, what did you think on that? I think that... Um, I think that the closing tracks, I, I would agree to a certain extent i think mm-hmm. um i like the messaging on like never look back um and like it, i i like the ideas like the narratives that they're trying to convey on the closers um i just think that it falls the energy starts to yeah dissipate a little bit um but I didn't, it wasn't like too negative for me. It started feeling a little bit more like a call to action by the end, mm-hmm. um, especially like with the closer track. Which I like, by the um, way. The last one is yeah, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I agree on pulling the pin. I think that it could have, honest, that could have been, they could have benefited from either putting that somewhere else in the track list or. It's not a bad track. It just like it kind of doesn't make sense in right. where like where it's at. So um, yeah, I think structurally, I agree that starts the energy starts to dissipate a little bit. But I like the subject matter that they're talking about still, and the production is still pretty excellent. Um, one track that I think is like kind of a sore thumb mm-hmm. is just oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and um, and it's honestly, I think, I think it's just because like it doesn't match up with this Run the Jewel style really mm. at all, except for right. the Sac de la Rocha, you know, <laughs> uh, like just brief chorus line that he gives. I mean, he's he may as well be a member of Run the Jewel. He really because, should. This is his third consecutive record of his or of theirs that yeah. he's been on. Yeah. And and you know without rage like there probably is no run the jewels so like Correct. he's kind of he's kind of the godfather of what they're trying to do anyway, um, but it's the Pharrell feature. Mm. I'm like it's too slick. It's a little bit. It, it's a little bit too. I don't like the sound of the yeah like that. Yeah. Like I just think it doesn't make sense really in here. Um. I like the subject matter. I can't really knock any of the subject matter, honestly. Right, on this. right. Like all the stuff that they're talking about is fantastic, and they and they convey their thoughts very eloquently. And you know, and Killer Mike and LP's delivery is for the most part just fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's honestly it's just the Pharrell feature. I'm just like, why is he here? Like he's yeah. he's too he's a little too smooth 
for Run the Jewels. He's a little, t- he's bringing in a little bit too, uh, you know what I mean? Too cool, too carefree, smooth of a style to match up with this, with what they're talking about. I, I think that's super valid, and I think it's emblematic of. Um, a greater issue that the record has in just terms of clumsiness, um, like an awkwardness mm. here and there. Uh, so yeah, for the Pharrell inclusion is a little awkward. Um, I, I feel more so that way regarding pulling the pin with Josh Homme and Mavis Staples, who I like, mm-hmm. but that's a weird lunch table. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i i like mavis staples don't get me wrong but i don't think she's utilized well here i think there's like an a jarring transition to her chorus and then like another jarring transition back to the verse and it just doesn't seem right um there's a couple of other choruses especially on here that i think are a bit awkward like goonies versus et um kind of isn't already one of my favorite songs on the record but it just uh, I don't know. The hook doesn't really engage me. Um, that said, yeah, it, oh yeah, it's go a ahead. little lame, it, or not lame, but it's a little like it's a little uh, safe, I guess. right? Exactly, and it's a little frustrating because it, pre- it it precedes the song with maybe the best hook on the entire record, um, and we'll just go ahead and have our walking in the snow discussion now. The Gangsta Boo chorus, I love it. It's so good. I love Gangsta Boo. Uh, she was great on Run the Jewels too. Um, I, yeah. God, I she brings so much energy, and that's what I love about Run the Jewels the most. You know, I, I guess sonically is just the amount of hype and energy I get. Um, but Walking in the Snow is one of my favorite songs, also because of just what they're saying. Uh, we we've talked about content. Um, I like I like LP's section a lot about how like the system will come for you eventually. Um, it, it's sort of this like, and then they mm-hmm. came for me. Uh, I guess uh, his sort of perspective on it, um, and also like how a, a group of Christians aren't supporting Christian yeah. values. I think he calls them like pseudo Christians in the song. Um, meanwhile, like children are being locked in cages, and how is that Christian? Um, but of course, everyone's talking about the Killer Mike verse here, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he he takes on in one verse he takes on the education system, uh, police brutality, and like the collective apathy toward the reality of what is going on in the black community. Um, and I guess I kind of made this point during our Freddie Gibbs section, but. Uh, a lot of is being made about this verse because it sounds super relevant right now, and it sounds like Killer Mike could have wrote it last week, especially considering the lyric, yeah. like the lyric "I can't breathe." Um, but the point is, it it always sounds relevant because this always happens, and until something changes, it will continue to happen, and that's the point. Um, so yeah, what did you yep. think about uh, "Walking in the Snow"? Yeah, no, I think it's an excellent track, and I like your breakdown of that a lot. Um, yeah, Killer Mike's verse is very powerful. Um, I and it's it, it is exactly like you said. It it's relevant for now, but it's it's something that um, people need to just. Uh, I, I don't know it. it all right, I'm not gonna go into a soapbox like okay. social, but I, I'm yeah. just I'm just saying like um, 
it's really impressive the amount of like uh, the amount of subject matter that Killer Mike can discuss in kind of a conversational way in this verse and you know make it so obviously forward and and uh, um, poignant um, in a pretty short amount of time. I think it's he's just it's very concise. It takes on, like you said, a lot of different organizations, and it just gives a lot of perspective for the listener to think on. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's an excellent verse. It's like it's very straightforward with his opinions, but it's also like it's so impressive the amount of perspective that he's able to provide. Like when he's talking about, he's referencing LP's verse where LP is talking about, you know, how the, like you said, how the system will come for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's referencing that by saying they coming for you the day after they coming for me. So, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. still being like, well, yeah, though, like, he's like, yeah, I get it. It'll come for everybody. But like, right. The black community is still on this forward, you know, target list for whatever uh, system you're talking about. Right. Um, so it's, you know, it's giving that amount of perspective and contrasted. Yeah, it's really powerful. I, 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 am, I am impressed by that. Uh, and I'm impressed by LP's verse, too. He did a great job with that. I like how... Um, I like how much he's referencing, uh, like these, like kind of Judeo-Christian mm. messages uh, all the way through the album. Too, he kind of just makes that a theme throughout the album, and in in this way, with being like, "Why would you believe this when Jesus taught this?" Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I like I like that too because he's kind of going after. A group that probably definitely doesn't even listen to Run the Jewels. <laughs> right, right. Um, though it was funny, uh, I guess kind of on that, I, I forget who it was, uh, but it was some guy on Twitter who was like, man, I liked Rage Against the Machine, and now they're too political. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Um but also what do you mean now like that's what i'm saying yeah like oh you just now got rage against the machine i guess uh congrats um but but to that and and to your points on the lyricism here um i think this might actually be and maybe it's just where my mind's at given the the times um right but this might be their most political record yet um the humor that they've had on previous records has kind of been toned down a bit their quotables Mm -hmm. That I think have kind of been toned down as well, but I think it's more just more so than ever for a group that's always been about the message. Uh, the message I feel like has become even more so front and center. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess uh, I love um, there are some quotables, uh, quotables. I'm not going to go around quoting <laughs> these lines, but I mean just lines that particularly <laughs> stand out to me among yeah. the other lines on the record. And one of them is the final line in that Killer Mike verse where he says, never forget in the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. I loved that line. And it, yeah. it's weird because as much as I love that song, they go on to a third verse after that. And that's just like, wait, oh, you had it. You had the perfect, the perfect yeah. close. <laughs> um, 
but I, I will use walking in the snow to as another example to transition into a greater complement to the record. The production on this song is so dynamic. Um, I mm. love the beat switches multiple times on this song. It's hard to keep track of where the beat's going. And this is common throughout the record. Not necessarily just outright beat switches, like on the song Holy Kalamafuck. Uh, brilliant, by the way. But also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also on a song like Out of Sight, which doesn't have an outright beat switch, but adjustments are periodically made as the song progresses. Um, I love LP's approach to the instrumentation on this record and on all Run the Jewels records. And a part of that, as you mentioned with Alchemist, the 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 demon the ability to um cater to the rappers that you're working with and have a variety of styles is just a sign of a great producer people yeah. i think are familiar with lp's work mostly through run the jewels at this point if you listen to lp's older stuff it sounds nothing like this nothing it's very sci-fi and cold and like New York Street, kind of like quiet, not quiet, but like um, like desolate, I guess. Yeah, right. Very bleak. Atmosphere. Bleak. Yes, like yeah. Cannibal Ox, The Cold Vein, one of my favorite hip hop records of all time. Uh, very cold sounding record. This is just as expected with Run the Jewels, in your face, loud, aggressive, and super dynamic. And I love LP for that. And I love Run the Jewels in part. Because when you hear, or at least when I heard, that LP was collaborating with Killer Mike, I was like, how in the hell is this going to work? And it works brilliantly every time. So I mm -hmm. ranted, feel free to talk now on something. <laughs> no, that was, yeah. I went that, on a rant, sorry was, about that. <laughs> no, that was great. I, 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 I love hearing your thoughts on, on Run the Jewels too, because you, I know that you have a very uh, special connection hmm with these guys and I like these guys a lot too, but I think that, you know, of the two of us, I would say that you are the, uh, the Stan mm. of, of run the jewels, like much more harder than I am. Like and, I, I really love, love run the jewels, but, um, you get what I'm saying. And I, and I appreciate that. And, uh, the, that cannibal ox record I've listened to, that was a very formative record in my early years, like in middle school. So right. I've been attached to LP for a while now. Um, which shouts to you for listening to Cannibal Ox in middle school. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was listening to like some new metal at that point. Oh, there was a lot of that too. I liked Avenged Sevenfold. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, shoot. Yeah. So no, great breakdown. Um, I I I do appreciate hearing your mm. your thoughts on that. Thank you. Um, I'll, I want to switch it up a little bit mm -hmm. and. Um, bring out one aspect of this album that I liked a lot, which is just like how, like at this point in they've, you know, killer Mike and LP have been together for quite a while mm -hmm. um, and put out a lot of work together. And I just, I really like how well they just, they just seem like a team at this point. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, they it, there's so much support and so much um it's just straight up friendship at this point on this on this album like they have like almost like a brother 
a, a brother uh, relationship at this point. And it's very apparent and it's really yes. endearing, honestly. Um, it, it, you can see that they're, they're just like back and forth with each other, like telling each other how they got each other's backs and stuff. And this is something that they've done in the past too. But I, I think that it's just still seeing that is like really, I don't know. It's just a really, it's a very wholesome thing to hear. And it's funny because, you know, I don't, you don't think about run the jewels as wholesome, but they are very wholesome in a way because they, they do show a lot of, they embody a lot of like real aspects of what it means to be a supportive friend mm-hmm. um, in a very aggressive way. Yeah, no, but, that's a super, um, super great point. Um, their chemistry is just so genuine and, and natural. And like you mm-hmm. said, it manifests obviously on the record. I, I particularly love how it manifests itself in their rapping and they're switching off um yeah a lot of the the rapping on this record isn't like okay here's the lp verse then here's the killer mike verse and then another like they are frequently switching off after every couple of lines at times i love that always in rap when that's done well um and they do it perfectly here so yeah great point on their chemistry yeah um so yeah, and uh, and I'll say like one aspect that I thought was really cool about that too was uh, the intro track "Yankee and the Brave." Mm. Um, I just love them like opening up with this because it's like it, it makes it feel like a comic book opening almost. Yeah, like it's just it's just every time it just makes it feel like this is the duo. They're back. They're about to kick some ass, and uh, and I just think that like in context with everything and like um the uh and just having that like camaraderie is that was just a really cool thing to hear um coming from them so no great yeah. point they sound like outlaws on the run or something they're like a, like yeah. a tag team um no, it's, they still manage to bring like you said it's really political it doesn't have nearly as much of that like kind of tongue-in-cheek humor that they brought in the past mm-hmm. but they still do bring a lot of that like just uh, just like entertainment value kind of like com- kind of comic booky like uh you know a little larger than life attitude to this that makes it still a lot of straight up fun you know yeah. it's not all it's not all super heady um right political yeah and, and i was going that's great and that's a great transition to um what actually might be my favorite track on the entire record um perhaps uh out of sight with two chains um hell yeah this is one where i mean obviously there's political messaging in the song of course but this is just like i the reasons i like this song is because it's super fun and kind of like light headed like light headed light hearted light hearted <laughs> <laughs> this is so sick yeah. they're light headed no um I I mean I loved uh, they open with just sounding this. like they're just sounding all confused and disoriented <laughs> <laughs> like oh fuck no, my head <laughs> once again though the the, uh, the instrumental is so um, oh, yeah. it's super compressed but it makes it unique and stand out in that um, it's super catchy I love the Noriega super thug reference right at the beginning um, I love the two chains verse even with the silly hot dog line. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's just, just such a fun song, and it's I think it's the most replayable song on the record, if not. Yeah. I mean, it might be my favorite, but it's certainly the most replayable. Um, yeah, this is my I think my favorite beat on the yes. on the record too, because I uh, just love how like forward those drums are, and like they just come at you relentlessly. Yes. Um, but it, but it works so well, and uh, and the beat itself is just like very very bouncy and very fun overall, and um, yeah, they just sound like they're having a blast. And Two Chains comes in, and just <laughs> I mean, he's he does a great verse, but it's mostly like he's so charismatic, it's insane. I yes. think he might be like the most charismatic hip hop. Uh, or a uh, rapper out there right now sure <laughs> like him and like asap rocky but like two chains has got he can two chains has got this thing where he could come in and say nothing i mean yeah. he said i buy a hot dog stand if i'm trying to be frank <laughs> and i still love it <laughs> like <laughs> everybody likes two chains it's an, it's incredible yeah, his approval ratings it's awesome and he's just like a genuinely awesome guy too right um but yeah, so, that that yeah. song is so good. Um, unfortunately, we got to get out of here. But um, yeah, I could keep going with some of these songs. Ooh la la, I thought was great. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, God, just the intro track is phenomenal. Again, and that's kind of ultimately, I love this album for the same reasons I love pretty much every Run the Jewels record, even though they did switch up a little bit stylistically on this record. Um, but there are too many tracks that we didn't spend a ton of time on that hold it back for me. So while it is my least favorite Run the Jewels record, and I would go two, then one, then three, then four, um, and while I don't like it as much as Alfredo that we talked about earlier, I still love this record because, of course, I was going to. Um, so this is getting an 8 out of 10 for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like this record a lot too. I think it's a lot of fun. I think that they they absolutely nailed it with like deciding to release it in context with everything going on. Um, I think it's very powerful in perspective for that reason. And I agree with you. I think the energy starts lacking towards the end, but I think the closing track, mm. a few words from the firing squad, really like saves everything because it's a very powerful kind of like i said call to action for all the listeners um and there's a great narrative here of like how like you really can make a difference without having to be in run the jewels um so i think that the messaging is great the instrumentation is great um very solid just a slight missteps and energy here and there but um eight out of ten for me as well well said, and uh, another another agreement for us. Um, I think we agreed pretty much the entire time here. Uh, Car- yeah. Carly Ray Jepsen. That was a pretty amicable yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, yeah, Carly Ray Jepsen was our only disagreement. Uh, we had a six point five on that. Uh, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist an eight out of ten. Lady Gaga a seven out of ten, but deceptively agreeable on that. Um, and then run the jewels, uh, eight out of 10 on that. So all in all four pretty good albums. Uh, so check those out if you haven't yet, uh, stay yeah. tuned for our next podcast where we will be, um, sharing some Q2 recommendations. It's our quarterly mm-hmm. reports coming up. It's the end of the second quarter. 
Um, and we'll be sharing you some of our favorites that we haven't already discussed. So thank you for joining me, Patrick. Um, yes. Thank you listeners for listening. Um, continue to fight for what's right and stay safe. Yeah. Bye.